Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discover True Treasure. I'm Angela. On today's episode, I want to talk about the importance of praising the Lord. Let's begin. Thanks for joining me. It is so good to be with you today. There is something that is heavily on my heart, and I believe God wants me to talk about it. So today, I want to talk about praising God. Now, the title of this episode is, of course, a question. And if you haven't noticed, that has sort of evolved to be the theme of this season. But the question I ask is Do you know? that praise looks good on you? Now, I'm sure that many Christians would respond with answers like, of course I know. The Bible says we were created to praise the Lord. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm sure I would get all sorts of affirmative answers. But what I am actually asking is this. Do you literally open your mouth and verbally give God praise and thanksgiving with joy and exuberance? Do you exalt him and express how awesome he is with your words? Do you praise him in your dancing? Do you praise him with a joyful shout? Do you use your words to thank him for who he is? and for everything that he has done. That's what I mean when I say, do you know that praise looks good on you? Because all of those descriptions are biblical descriptions of praise. And I'm asking, do you do those things? Because praise is one of the most beautiful and fitting things we can do. And praise is audible, it's demonstrative, and it is often, well, very loud. And it looks good on us. Amen. Now, I've been to many churches, probably tens of churches, maybe even over a hundred churches during the time that I've been saved because I used to travel around singing in churches with the choir that I was a part of, uh, well, choirs, I should say, that I was a part of. Now, I know that's just a drop in the bucket of the thousands and thousands and thousands and maybe even, I don't know, millions of churches there are in the world. But in my small little nook of the world here, I have noticed what I believe is a trend in my area. And the trend is that many people who go to church don't praise God. I don't know why that is, of course. Maybe they don't know how to praise God. Maybe they don't know why they should praise God. Maybe they believe that the beginning of service is just uh, for entertainment, for their listening pleasure. I don't know. And there's something else that I've also noticed. I've noticed that many of the churches in my area, they have the worship part down. 
As a matter of fact, they call their singers worship singers. You don't hear the word praise anymore. And remember, I'm talking about praise. Praise and worship are two different things, even though they can happen interchangeably. Uh, they're similar, but I'm talking about demonstrative, joyous, loud, praising and exclamation of the goodness of God and thankfulness of what he has done and who he is. I don't see much of that, but I do see the worship part. I'll go to churches and um, the songs in most churches nowadays are slow songs that tend to evoke an atmosphere of worship. But nevertheless, it seems that most churches are comfortable with what we call worship because it is usually quiet and people remain composed. And you may have people here and there throughout the congregation who will bow their knees in worship and worship the Lord silently. And please don't get me wrong, that is beautiful. God is worthy. He's worthy. We should bow before him and worship him and glorify him because he is God almighty. He is awesome and magnificent. And that is beautiful and wonderful and appropriate. But my point is, do you realize that the Bible tells us to also praise the Lord? In fact, we're told to shout unto God, to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So I ask, when was the last time you went to church and heard people actually shouting unto God with a voice of triumph? And when was the last time you heard people making a joyful noise unto the Lord? Now, I can remember my experience as a baby Christian, as we, we used to say, because shortly after I got saved, I became a part of this small church where the people praised the Lord. In fact, praise was in the name of the church. And boy, did we live up to that name. I mean, we shouted, we danced, we gave the Lord thanks. We praised the Lord without reservation. And let me tell you, it was powerful. I learned how to praise the Lord by being in that church, by being in the midst of believers who lived a life of praise. And of course we worship the Lord as well. And many times after praising the Lord and expending our energy and rejoicing and honoring him, we would often experience the manifested presence of God that would just cause us to come to our knees, bow before him and worship him. Amen. And you know, I remember going to another church and this was a large church. I mean, much larger than the small church I came from. But by then I had learned, I had been living a life of praise for over a decade. So I remember going to this large church and boy, did we also praise the Lord. And I remember how we used to have these special services dedicated to praising and worshiping the Lord. And I remember how the young people, how we would just crowd the front uh, where the stage was, the front of the church, and we would just be praising God and singing and dancing. And it was just amazing. And, you know, I don't want to sound as if I'm living in the past. I'm not, because I know that our future in the Lord gets brighter and brighter. But I am calling attention to the fact that I really don't see this much anymore. And instead, it seems as if 
worship time in church has just changed. There has just been this radical change. And it's usually either really quiet and solemn and and there's no demonstration of 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 praise at all or it's more like a concert like atmosphere without much actual praising going on and i wonder that could it be that churches have altered what they call their worship service and again notice how the word praise is often excluded now, at least in my area, at least in my country, the U.S. I don't know where what it's like where you're from. If you are going to a church where there's exuberant praise going on, praise the Lord. That's such a blessing. But I'm wondering if, like I said, the churches in my area have altered what they call worship service because they see the exuberant and robust praise as somehow being undignified or even emotional. I've heard, I've heard that term. Oh, it's just emotional. I'm not into people just getting emotional, but you know, praise is not something that we do that is based on emotion. Uh, no, we don't praise God because of our emotions. We know our emotions can be fickle as human beings, but we praise God regardless of how we feel. We praise the Lord because simply he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Now, we can't talk about praise without talking about David, the sweet psalmist of the Lord, because he literally transformed the way the children of Israel praised and worshiped the Lord. David created musical instruments. And he wrote many, many psalms of praise to the Lord. He was a man of praise. And now I'm reminded of how David praised the Lord without reservation on his second attempt to bring the Ark of God back to Jerusalem. You see, on the first time around, David did not have the Levites carry the Ark on their shoulders, which according to the law was what they were supposed to do. So instead they put the ark of God in a cart. And then when it looked unstable, Uzzah tried to stabilize the ark and the Lord struck him and he died right there on the spot. So David was afraid of the Lord. He was like, oh my gosh, how can I return the ark of God back to Jerusalem? And so the second time around, David offered sacrifices to the Lord every few steps. And he praised the Lord and he had the Levites carry the ark of God on their shoulders like they were supposed to. And he also ordered leaders to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of musical instruments. And so the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 15, 28, it says, and this is from the New Living Translation, so all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord's covenant with shouts of joy, the blowing of rams, horns, and trumpets, the crashing of cymbals, and loud playing on harps and lyres. Now look at the scene that was going on. This was no calm and dignified celebration. We have here shouting going on, shouts of joy, now whispers. We have loud playing of instruments, crashing of cymbals. 
And now let's continue with verse 29. It says, but as the ark of the Lord's covenant entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, and by the way, she was also David's wife, looked down from her window when she saw King David skipping about and laughing with joy. She was filled with contempt for him. So I thought about that picture in my mind of David just dancing. As a matter of fact, I believe the Bible says he, he danced out of the linen garment that he was wearing. He was dancing so vigorously, but he was dancing just unabashed, just without reservation to his God. He was so happy that the Ark of the Covenant would be in Jerusalem once again. And here we have his wife looking down, watching him from her window, and seeing all of this, and she's filled with contempt for him. And it just made me wonder, is this how some Christians feel about those of us who praise God with shouts of joy and with dancing and joy, joyful laughter? Do they feel that this type of behavior is somehow inappropriate? And if so, it's interesting that I'm sure many of those same people would see nothing wrong with shouting for joy and praising their favorite sports team. I'm sure they would see nothing inappropriate with going to a concert and dancing in the aisles and singing loudly along with the songs. So why is it okay to praise creatures, but it's not okay to praise the creator? Now I can understand the world thinking something's wrong with them. They've lost their marbles, not realizing how crazy they look when they lose their minds over a ball game. But I can understand the world thinking that. But what I don't understand is how other believers think that praising God with shouts of joy and skipping and laughing is somehow inappropriate. But here's the thing. God is going to get his praise. Even if some Christians choose not to praise the Lord, and it could be, again, maybe they don't know why they should praise the Lord. Maybe they've never seen people praise the Lord before. Maybe they feel like just innocently, you know, ignorantly that it, it would be inappropriate to raise my voice a little bit, you know, while the songs are being played. Maybe they just don't know. But no matter what, God is going to get his praise. You know, remember Jesus's triumphant entry uh, into Jerusalem before he was crucified? And remember how he rode on a colt and how people spread their garments uh, in his way in the road ahead of him? So let me go to Luke and I want to read verse 37. And it says, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout, and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. And in verse 38, we have the quote of what they were shouting. They shouted, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven, exclamation point, indicating the shouting that was going on. So look at what the followers of Jesus Christ did as he rode on that coat. They shouted, they sang, and they praised God by saying something. They didn't just think it in their minds. They, they didn't remain quiet and reserved and, and dignified. 
No, they shouted and sang their praises to God. Amen. Now, let me also read verses 39 and 40, because here we have the response of the Pharisees. And they were not pleased when they heard all of this loud praising going on. And I actually want to switch to the King James Version, because this is the version uh, that I'm most familiar with for this particular verse. So it says, and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And this is what Jesus said. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Amen. God is going to get his praise. He created all creation to praise and glorify him. Amen. I want to go to another passage of scripture where we will find that some religious folk got really upset when they heard children shouting and praising Jesus. So let me go to that. That is Matthew chapter 21. And I want to go to verses 15 and 16. And I'm going to read these in the New Living Translation. And they read, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They were upset. Verse 16 says, they asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Amen. Okay, so let me quickly get back to David just for a moment. Now, after the Ark of God was successfully brought to the city of David, King David appointed individuals to give thanks to the Lord every day in the tabernacle of the Lord. And he appointed people to sing, to praise the Lord, and to praise him, not just with songs, but also on instruments. So in addition to taking care of the tabernacle in other ways, such as, you know, performing purification ceremonies and, and managing all the materials for offerings and sacrifices and et cetera, David established that every morning and every evening, appointed Levites would stand before the Lord and sing songs of thanks and praise to him. Now that's how important praise was to David. And of course, I believe he was inspired by the Lord and this has become a part of scripture, but he revolutionized the way praise and worship went on. Amen. And so now when his son Solomon became king, he had the temple of the Lord built. And when it was finished, he entered the temple of the Lord, Solomon that is, and he praised the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel. And that's important, that public praise. And so the Bible says that he praised the Lord and then he also prayed. And many of us are familiar with the, the prayer uh, that he prayed. And it says that afterwards, fire flashed down from heaven and consumed the offerings and sacrifices that were there. And the Lord's presence filled the temple. Now, this is a pretty popular account. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. It is beautiful. It is glorious. It's found in Second Chronicles 
I believe it's chapters six and seven. But for the sake of time, I want to touch on what the people of Israel did after, after Solomon prayed, after Solomon praised the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel. So it's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3, and it reads, When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. So look at that. In order to praise the Lord, you have to open your mouth. <laughs> you usually say something or do something. Amen. Now, the Bible, like I said, tells us that David established these singers that would praise the Lord morning and night every day. And he also established the custom of having choirs sing. Look at what it says in Nehemiah. I want to read two verses. First, Nehemiah chapter 12, 24 says, these were the family leaders of the Levites. And it lists all the family names. I'm not going to try to pronounce their names right now. <laughs> uh, who stood opposite them during the ceremonies of praise and thanksgiving, one section responding to the other as commanded by David, the man of God. So you would have these sections or these choirs of singers, and they would be singing to one another. You kind of have a call and response going on. And so again, this was not some quiet and what we call dignified uh, service that was going on. And Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 46 says, the custom of having choir directors to lead the choirs in hymns of praise and thanksgiving to God began long ago in the days of David and Asaph. So another thing that's been on my mind is not only how praise and worship has changed in church, another thing that was on my mind is what happened to choirs? Where did all the choirs go? Why don't we see choirs in churches anymore? And again, if you are blessed to have a choir in your church, praise the Lord. But you know, I remember when I first got saved, most churches had choirs. Matter of fact, they had several. You had the young adult choir, and then you had the senior choir, and you just, <laughs> you had the children's choir. I mean, that was just like a staple. You had choirs in, in the church. But you know, nowadays, in most of the churches in my area, you will have just a few singers on stage, and that's basically it. And most of the, the members of the congregation are just looking at the, the people on stage singing. But, you know, David established choirs. <laughs> I mean, I just read that verse, right? The custom of having choir directors lead the choirs in hymns and praise began with David. And did you know that there will be choirs in heaven singing heavenly choruses? Yes, you see, praising the Lord and singing to him, all of us together as believers, as worshipers of God, that is something that we will continue to do forever. Let's take a look at some passages in Revelation. Revelation chapter 5, let's read verses 11 through 13, and they read, 
Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Look at what verse 13 said. And then I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea, every creature, amen, will sing praises to our heavenly father who sits on the throne and to the lamb of God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 19, six reads, then I heard again, what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. I mean, some of us, if, if we went to heaven right now, we may feel uncomfortable with all that noise going on. I don't know, but that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going on in heaven right now. Angels, thousands and millions of angels are around the throne and the living beings and the elders and they're singing and praising and it's loud and it's glorious and it's wonderful. And you know, what if we were back in David's day, we would be uncomfortable then because I mean, if we went to the temple, there would be loud and joyful praising going on up in the temple. <laughs> Amen. This is, this is beautiful. Praise is what God created us to do. And as believers, one of the reasons why we come together is to praise the Lord in our public assembly. Look at these verses from uh, the book of Psalms. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. And then Psalm 35 verse 18 says, then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Amen. It is fitting. It is comely, or you can say it is beautiful for the Lord's people to praise him. We are to come together and praise the Lord. Amen. Some may be asking, well, what, what does praise look like? What should it look like in our church? Well, we have to go to the Bible and the Bible has examples of how we are to praise the Lord. Let me just touch on just two quick verses. Psalm 47, one says, come everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. So we, we can clap, we can shout, we have joyful praise. Amen. Psalm 149 and three says, praise his name with dancing accompanied by tambourine and harp. So it is biblical to praise the Lord with dancing, with musical instruments. I remember uh, years and years ago, I remember I worked with uh, a colleague who um, 
was very against musical instruments in the church. It just, it was as if, you know, it's that's of the devil, you know, musical instruments, oh, that's evil. But there are too many scriptures that we've covered, many more in the word of God that tell us the opposite, that we are to praise him with musical instruments. Amen. Now, what is on my heart is I believe that many of us feel stuck in our walk with the Lord. And we feel as if our relationship with the Lord is dry. And one of the reasons this is, is because we're not praising God. We're not living a life of praise. And you know, praising God takes humility. It takes humility to praise him in the public assembly and to praise him privately. It takes humility to raise your hands, open your mouth and give God praise. It demonstrates that God is all powerful. It demonstrates that we need him. We depend on him, that he is good, that he is gracious to us. And praise is not contingent upon how we feel. It's not contingent upon the circumstances in our lives. We are to praise him because, well, he is God. He is God almighty. He is creator. And everything that he created, everything that has breath ought to praise him. Amen. And so when we start praising God on a regular basis, when we welcome praise in our private lives, when we welcome biblical praise in churches where it has been pushed to the side, I truly believe that we will begin to see more miracles, more healings, and more powerful works of God when we come together and praise him. And I believe that one of the reasons why so many churches seem so dead and dry is because there's no praising going on. Now, I didn't say that they didn't have a worship team. I didn't say that they don't have people playing instruments and singing at the start of service. They may have that. But what I mean is that you don't find people in the congregation praising the Lord. You find very few people with their hands raised. You find very few people actually singing. There's no dancing. You don't find any smiling. There's no laughing. There's no joy. And how sad. No wonder you have people who go to church week after week after week and it has no impact. That should not be. Now, I could just hear in my mind some people saying, well, we're supposed to do things decently and in order in the church. You know, that's what the Bible says. Do all things decently and in order. And you have some Christians who believe that this biblical praise is disorderly. However, according to the Bible, praise is one of the most natural and beautiful and most fitting things we can do. So how can that be disorderly? And as long as we are following the leading of the Holy Spirit, I don't think churches have to worry about someone of their own accord trying to, let's say, take over service by acting as if they can't stop praising. You know, so the pastor or leader of the church uh, wants to move on to another part of the service, wants to move on to communion or the word of God. And you have this person that just acts as if they, they can't control what they're doing. I don't think we have to worry about that. As long as 
we are honoring the Lord and following the leading of his Holy Spirit. I truly don't think we have to worry about disorder. And that fear of, of you know, scenes like that happening should not dissuade us from praising the Lord. Amen. So let me end by encouraging you to praise the Lord. Praise him in the midst of the public congregation, wherever you go to church, praise him. You know, Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. When you go to church, you have something valuable to contribute, whether you know it or not. You are an integral part of the service every single time you are there. You are to enter in with your offerings of praise. Amen. Now, if we praise God every single day, we could never praise him enough. And so let me just end with this scripture where it says, Psalm 145 and 2 says, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. And we will praise him forever. Revelation lets us know that we will praise him forever. Amen. So let me encourage you to sing songs of praise to him. Thank the Lord for his goodness, for his faithfulness. Thank him for saving you. Praise the Lord in your dance. If you play an instrument, praise him on the instrument that you, that you play. Live a life of praise. Because, dear sister, praise looks good on you. Amen. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were blessed by this episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. If you have a question, comment, or prayer request, email me at discovertruetreasure at gmail.com or leave a voice message by simply clicking on the link in the show notes. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>